welcome to Autism in the Adult podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Teresa Regan, an adult neuropsychologist. I specialize in brain behavior relationships for those 14 and older. I'm the parent of an amazing teen on the autism spectrum and a certified autism specialist. I am deeply grateful to bring validation, hope, and purpose to individuals and their families living on the autism spectrum. With this mission at its core, I founded and currently direct the OSF Healthcare Adult Diagnostic Autism Center in Central Illinois. My books include Understanding Autism in Adults and Aging Adults and Understanding Autistic Behaviors. For more information and to join my online community for free, visit www.adultandgeriatricautism.com. Please join me in helping individuals, couples, and families thrive while living life on the autism spectrum. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. My name is Dr. Teresa Regan. I'm your host, and today we're going to be talking about truth-telling in conversation. This is something I hear a lot that is difficult for people on the spectrum who are trying to navigate conversations And sometimes they describe this very deep passion for telling the truth and getting facts correct and difficulty in that context, navigating the relational part of the conversation. And some people even say that I know that if I say a certain thing that I think is true, that it's probably inappropriate or it's going to hurt this relational piece of the conversation, but I feel this overwhelming uh, feeling of being compelled to tell the truth. And I don't want to lie and I don't want to be false or to be um, somebody that I'm not. And so this is really a dilemma for people who are also aware that they would like to protect the relationship piece of the conversation. So whether the person's having a conversation with a friend, a partner, a family member, or even perhaps a client in a work setting, they understand that at some point they're trying to dance around, feeling stuck, um, choosing between having to tell the truth and having to attend to the relational piece of what's going on and what's being said. This is a difficult dilemma because for the person on the spectrum, their brain often is very attached to whether data are correct and and whether something is true. And sometimes they don't see as much complexity in the information as a neurotypical might. So it may fall in the category of truth versus falsehood or Uh, good versus bad, or right versus wrong. And again, they have often this uh, deep passion for being truthful. And the ability to lie actually can come at an older age within the spectrum. And there is this difficulty because we teach people not to lie, and yet lying is a really important social ability. 
the ability to lie in a socially appropriate way is really important as a skill because there are these relational components to what's going on. And sometimes the relationship piece, the social piece is more important than speaking something that we believe to be true. And this could occur in lots of different contexts. But very often the example we give even to little kids is, well, if someone says, do I look pretty? And we don't think they do, we still wouldn't say that out loud. So there's some truths or some things that we believe that we don't speak out loud because we're trying to protect this relational content. And at some point, there's this understanding that there are two things going on during a conversation. There's the facts of what we believe and our opinions and and answering factual questions, but there's also a social piece, a relational piece that we are in conversation with another person. And the person that we're speaking with has a heart, they have goals, they have um, a wanting of connection, perhaps with us or with other people, they have passion about the topics that are important to them. And there's a point at which we understand and acknowledge and embrace that there is a commitment to what's true, but there's also a commitment to the social relational piece and to this person that we're speaking with. And once we understand that there are two things we're attending to in conversation, we may become more aware of the ways that these two pieces may actually conflict. That if I speak what I believe to be true, this one thing that I'm committed to, the truth, it may wound or work against the social relational piece that I also am committed to in the conversation. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to navigate that in a socially savvy way. We're going to cover four different options you might have, and these aren't all encompassing. There are other ways to do it, but sometimes clients say, I just want a few ideas of what I could do besides blurting out what I think is true. I just either stay silent or I speak something that I think is true, even though I see that I'm hurting the relational piece, the social piece of the interaction. So the question is, once we realize there are two things we're attending to, factual truth and honesty about our opinions, plus the second piece, which is the relational social piece, then we have to figure out how to navigate those two commitments in a way that feels really um, appropriate, that works toward the highest good, and that helps us with some of our higher goals. So let's consider some instances in which you want to sidestep telling all of the truth because you'd want to attend appropriately to the relationship piece and to the feelings of the other person and perhaps the relationship goals that you have with this person. Let's take an example of someone who asks you your opinion about a factual topic or your decision about a pretty important Uh, life choice. So we are currently in an election year for the presidential office and someone may ask you who are you going to vote for. 
Sometimes when people ask you a question like that, they are wanting to know your opinion. And sometimes, though, they're wanting to converse about political topics in general. So one way you can avoid speaking directly about what your vote might be if you feel private about it or if it's not a topic you'd like to divulge with this person, you can acknowledge the question and then uh, send it back to the other person. So you could say, wow, that's a great question. I'm not sure what I think about that yet. I'm really trying to process each side and each opinion. What are your thoughts? What are you thinking of doing? And then you can, number one, acknowledge, hey, I hear that you are thinking about this topic and that it's important to you. Then you attend to the relational piece that you're saying, I see you, I hear you, I hear what's important to you. And you're sidestepping talking about something you don't feel comfortable divulging or that you think might hurt the relationship. But you do it in a way that just invites their input. So sometimes the person is asking you because they're really spending a lot of time thinking about that topic themselves. And it's also okay for you to say, I don't know, I don't have an opinion about that. Sometimes my clients will say, I've been asked a question I don't have an opinion about. And so I tell the person that I'll need to think about that. And I spend a few weeks thinking about it and then I raise it in conversation again. Well, there are some other ways to approach that. Sometimes people ask the question of your opinion, again, not so much to hear it on the spot uh, if you don't have one or you don't want to share it, but because they are processing it. So one thing you can do is just acknowledge that they're processing it. You could say, you know, I haven't really thought about that question enough to give an answer, but I'd be interested to hear about your thoughts. What are you thinking? This can be a really relationally satisfying response because, again, the person hears that you're interested in what they're thinking about and you're acknowledging that they've just asked a question that's been on their mind. So even if you don't have an answer or you're going to sidestep sharing that, the process of saying, I'm not really sure about that, tell me what you think, can be very relationally satisfying. Another skill that you can use... If you want to show relational support and you've been asked a question that you want to sidestep uh, is to make a general statement that you do believe is true. So let's take a more specific question. Let's say someone says, do you like my haircut? So this can be a little difficult to navigate because someone might be Uh, sporting a haircut that you don't like, they might be wearing clothes that you don't care for, and yet they might ask your opinion and you still want to protect the relational social piece. So one thing you can do is think of a statement you do agree with, and then you can say that as a general statement and sidestep the specific question. So you could say, how is it you always look amazing no matter what your haircut is? So there, you've complimented them. You've said nothing about the specific cut and how you like that, but you just say a general statement that you always look amazing. That's really a nice, socially appropriate way to handle something like that. You could also say, 
I love how adventurous you are. I am too chicken to even order something different at a restaurant, and you dive into new looks with both feet, and I love that about you. So you haven't answered whether you care for the haircut, but you say, I love how adventurous you are. You're always sporting a new look, a new haircut, new clothing. I love that about you. So you've complimented them without complimenting the haircut, and therefore you can preserve your commitment to the truth and your commitment to the relationship. Another technique you can use if you want to sidestep something is to use hyperbole. Hyperbole is a kind of comment you make when you're going to such an extreme that everyone else will know that can't possibly be true. And it's done in a way that just feels humorous. And when you're and when the person you're speaking with is socially savvy, they'll get the idea that you don't really want to talk directly. Uh, and answer the question directly, and then they'll move on to something else. So an example of hyperbole would be, let's say, you avoid going to weddings and to family reunions and holiday gatherings because your extended family is always asking you if you're dating someone. So let's say someone says, oh, are you dating someone yet? Well, you could say, oh, yes. And in fact, my big problem is scheduling everyone in who wants to date with me. I've had to hire a secretary just to make sure that I'm not double or triple booked. And it's really exhausting. So that's a way of sidestepping the response in a socially appropriate way. The person really should get the message that you don't want to talk about that anymore. But it's done in such a humorous way that if they're attending to the relationship piece with you, they'll be able to laugh with you and then move on. So using hyperbole can be um, a really acceptable way that everyone knows that can't be true, but that you're joking about it and then you just move on to, to the next topic. And one final thing you can think about when you're trying to protect both the truth of the conversation and the relationship piece is that you don't have to answer every question. Every question that's asked of you doesn't necessarily need a response. So you can take into account who is the person asking? uh, What kind of question is this? And sometimes you can just give a very clear and calm response that you're not going to answer the question. Now, an appropriate way to do that might be Let's say somebody asks you who you're going to vote for in the presidential election. You could say, you know, I'm processing that and I'm going to decide, but I always keep that private. That's really something that I don't talk about with other people. So sometimes just being very calm and matter of fact and saying that's really actually something you're probably not going to share with other people. That's kind of private for you. And then you move on to another topic or you go ahead and ask them to speak about it. That can be a very socially appropriate thing as well. Now, if this is a person that you know deeply and you've known for a very long time, you might say something different, like if this is your partner of 20 years or if it's your boss, you might say something differently if they're asking something relevant to work. But you don't have to give an answer to every factual question 
uh, that a person asks. So when you're asked a question and you feel like sidestepping, consider these options. You could say, I'm still thinking about that. What do you think? You can use hyperbole to really make it into a funny, extreme answer so that people will know you just want to move on to the next question. You can make a general statement that you really agree with and yet never really land on an answer to the specifics of the question. And you can just tell people, oh, that's not really something I usually talk about. It feels kind of private, but what are you processing about it? I invite you to think about what works well for you. You can try a few of these strategies and see how they work for you. Not everything will be helpful in every type of setting, and there might be a technique or a strategy or a way of sidestepping that works the best for you, but just know that you can feel comfortable not directly answering a question that's asked, and that can be particularly important if you want to preserve your commitment to the truth and preserve your commitment to the relationship. Always remember there are two goals in each conversation and the better we can balance the truth and the relationship and social piece of every conversation, the more impactful we'll be with people, the more we'll grow to learn about other people and we'll be able to have social connections that are meaningful and last. Thanks for listening in and I hope you join me next time.